What happens when you're the only one single at the cookout? What happens when you're not pushing out two and a half babies by the age of 30? What happens when you're too focused on career instead of family building or settling down? And who do you look to for guidance? Well, on this episode of Connecting Blocks, Life versus Timeline, I sit down with four lovely women who say F the timeline by carving out their own. some TLC to the books that were written by Black and POC authors, creating a space that is for us, by us. This is the audiobook club that you don't want to miss. So grab your tea, cop a seat, and join the conversation on The Concrete Diaries with me, Carlisa Simone. Yeah, so for me, I think at first I kind of started on the traditional path of everything. Um, you know, in high school, I was on the college prep track, all of that good stuff, did my extracurriculars, got in college, joined my clubs, and all of that good stuff. But interestingly enough, even though I was like on the right track mm-hmm. in college, it's kind of where I learned that tracks. Um, not everyone is going to be on the same track. And just because you thought you were on one track doesn't mean you can't end up on another path. Um, like when I was a freshman, I had all of these ideas for myself. And then by senior year, like all of those ideas, all of the things that I thought I wanted, I didn't want anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was grateful to kind of have that space to explore and figure out what I actually liked and what I didn't like, um, because I think it, it kind of saved me from some missteps in the future even though even now I'm still kind of figuring out what I'm doing like I have a blog uh, I still consider myself a journalist but I'm also um in the corporate space and retail and if you would have asked me or if you would have told me in college like oh you're going to be you know corporate lead in retail I'd have been like what are you talking about no I'm not I'm going to be a journalist um but it's not that I don't love what I do like I love that as much as I love writing and journalism um and so I just think that giving myself the space um, to figure out what I like and what I don't like has kind of helps me helps me to become who I am now. I take everything that I've learned um, in the track that I thought I was going to be on and also the paths in which I've kind of just wound up. I've made sure that I take something from each situation, even if I don't understand why I'm in a particular situation. Um, I try to think of everything like a learning experience, which I think is, is helpful, especially if you find yourself in a place where you don't really know what's going on. You're either you're frustrated or you're confused. Or you're just not sure why you're there. If you can at least try to learn one thing from that, um, you won't feel like you're wasting time. Um, and for me, there won't be kind of like a pressure to like get out of a weird situation. I'm like, OK, I'm in this situation, but I can learn something from it. So for me, I've also I currently work in beauty, but more so body care, and I work for um, like corporate the corporate department. So for me, I've always wanted to be in beauty, and I always wanted to kind of 
be more in color and that's not where I am right now. But I knew when I was younger that I wanted to like make products for like black women. Mm-hmm. That was like really important to me because I loved, like I said, I love beauty. I love makeup, but I wasn't able to find products that like fit my skin color. So I've always wanted to create that space. So for me, the only kind of reasonable choice was to go to FIT because it's like in the middle of New York city, you have access to so many different internships and such. So I actually ended up applying there and I was nervous. I didn't get in. Um, but I actually applied through the EOP program, which is the educational opportunity program. Mm-hmm. And it helps people from like lower income families get into college. They help them with scholarships and like professional writing and all that, all that stuff. So after I got in, I knew I wanted to make the best of like my experience. So every single like month I would, I was like emailing people. Like I follow on Instagram, emailing people on like LinkedIn, like black leaders that I saw in like beauty and just kind of asking them for like their advice. And then for me, that helped me get like internships, um, from different fields like beauty but not just like color more so into like hair care and then um like skincare so that's how I was able to get these internships is through like networking and like reaching out via like Instagram like social media mm-hmm. and then um fast forward to now I found my position through a, a previous like internship I guess so I was interviewing for an internship for summer right after my senior year. So I was looking for a full-time job and I ended up connecting with the recruiter and then she had this position come up. So I applied and it ended up working out, but I knew that I wanted to be in view, like I said, but I knew I wanted to be in a place where like I can make products for people like me. So it's kind of my journey. So for me, I, you know, I started blogging when I was about 18, 19 and I had a blog. It was called Deliciously Fat and it was a blog where I pretty much just, you know, shared the pieces that I found that would complement plus size bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was like really ridiculous. And I mean, it's still kind of semi ridiculous for plus size bodies, but it was very ridiculous at the time in the sense where like the only thing that I could possibly find were clothes that like my mother would be wearing. Right. But here I was 18 years old. Like that's not what I was trying to go for. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess I always had something to write about because I was always frustrated. Um, and so I was always trying to give other girls that were like me, uh, options by saying, Hey, like I found this top, I found these pants, I found this outfit, I put this together and they're all the things are from here. And it was kind of like my journal. It was kind of, I thought of it as like a journal, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I started getting, um, you know, emails and started getting contacted by like, you know, retailers like Additional and Pennington's and they were like, Hey, like we're having an event. We would love for you to come by. So, you know, that was kind of the beginning of, um, me realizing my importance to these companies. Cause at the time I was just like, okay, what, what, what they, what would they want me to be here for? And then I started to realize how the game worked. And so I continued and, um, I started up Flazzo Couture in my, you know in my uh kitchen trying to figure out a name for uh you know a more refined blog um (laughs) that you know was you know clear on what everything was about and um you know I'm a little bit of a scatterbrain in that I am a super super creative like I went to school for dramatic arts um you know I was the president in middle school like I like I've always been really big um 
on like being involved, you know, being sports, all that kind of stuff. And so I basically just, you know, continued all of that type of creativity, like onto the blog. So I, then I had blogs before and, you know, I'm um, speaking to my scatterbrain. Like I just wanted to do so many things. Uh, so I was like, you will Flaws of Couture will be my blog. And then it will also be a clothing line that I'm going to start because these people still get it. Right. Um, and so eventually I just started making my own pieces. It started from scarves and, you know, I was making them at home and then I was, you know, you know, uh, I realized soon, very soon that I had no patience for making clothing, like no patience for sitting at, a a machine and like sewing it all up, you know? Um, so I decided that I was going to change it and, you know, do more streetwear and, and go get things manufactured and whatnot. And so, um, that's how the brand started. And then, you know what, because I'm an influencer, I mean, the blogger influencer, all kind of the same kind of thing. Um, and social media has taken like this big turn, um, where, you know, every company is on social media. And really, if you're not on social media, you're kind of irrelevant to, a very vast amount of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually I took, um, my whole blogging experience to Instagram, which was like my biggest platform. Um, had I know, I didn't know that Instagram would be my biggest platform, but, um, it turned out to be, and then, uh, yeah. And then the, so the same kind of concept, so many other companies started reaching out. Um, and then I started working with people, all over the world. And then, you know, big companies, bigger companies, more popular companies started reaching out. And so, um, I think my following grew that way. And then I was able to pretty much create, um, a lifestyle around blogging and influencing and all that kind of good stuff. But, um, I still didn't really like the idea of people, you know, deciding when they wanted to use me and when they didn't, right. That didn't Mm -hmm. seem to me like, um, a stable lifestyle. So I was really, you know, adamant on starting something of my own and really going in with FOC. And like over time, I've pretty much become almost like a serial entrepreneur in the sense of like, I just, I have the ability to create something. I like to create a buzz. I like to get people interested, excited. And so I just started doing that. For me, I realized that I have always, anytime there's a problem, I like to fix the problem. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing along this journey the whole time. And I think like with growth, I've realized, okay, I'm a problem solver. That's what I like to do. So like with New Ave Nails, you know, which is another um, venture that I took and started up uh, a, a traveling nail salon that features all black nail technicians that came from the fact that black women are treated like almost dirt in every nail salon. Right. So, and it's all over the world. And then you start seeing people you have, and now that everything's on video, you're starting to see like, you know, people put their hands on black women, people, you know, overcharge black women. Um, people talk really badly to black women in all establishments in many establishments, but more so a lot in, in the nail salon. But it's crazy to me because black women spend the most money in nail salons. So it's crazy that we spend the, the highest dollar, but we're treated with the least respect. And so I wanted to change that. And so that's how we came about with new Ave nails. Right. So, um, and now it's given so many black nail technicians within the city, the opportunity to grow their audience and to grow their clientele. And, and, um, I'm just kind of continuing with that now. Yeah. And I don't want to keep on going and going and going. Because, like, <laughs> there's so many things that I do that I really like, but yeah, if you, if you follow me, you, you'll see. 
<laughs> yes. And I'll drop all your links in the description box and on social media also. Um, so right now I'm mostly podcasting. Um, I host a podcast called Toxic as Fuck. And what led me there was kind of just realizing that, um, like my story was important and I didn't feel like that for a long time. And I think that, um, I just always had a passion for helping women, for helping black women, for helping, um, the underdog kind of, because, um, like Sasha was saying before, black women are treated fairly badly um and I was gonna add hair shops as well um yes. where you spend the most money and you know um not treated with the most respect but um I think that there aren't enough black people and brown people telling their stories and really making it known that um we have something to say in the podcasting uh space at least and um my yeah my passion for for black women led me there because we um oftentimes uh aren't heard and i feel like if just one other person here's my story here's what i have to say here's stories from other resilient black women who have made a way for themselves then there just more positivity in the world basically um and i think that's really important especially at a time like this Definitely, definitely. So this brings me to the other side of the topic, not only success, but the timeline. Um, What are your thoughts on the timeline per se, when society pushes you? Okay, so education, you know, you have to stop college if you go to college at what, 22, 24? After college, that's when you have to be married by 25. You're supposed to have your first child before the age of 30. And by that time, you have to be a mom full time. You don't really have to work. You have to put your all into your kids, basically. What are your thoughts on this imposed timeline on women? I personally think that it is ridiculous. Okay. I think it's ridiculous. I feel like if it's something that you want to, you know, match your life up with, then by all means, please go ahead if that's something that you can attain. But I think it's actually ridiculous to assume that every woman's experiences with life are going to be on a timeline that was written in, I don't even know when, right? Um, And it also, like, I think that idea takes away, um, it it pretty much, it puts us into this in a bubble. It makes us feel like we can't be anything outside of what society has said. And not all of us aspire to be mothers. And I think we need to be okay with, um, and not even just be okay, but we need to respect that about Mm -hmm. other women. Um, You know, like some of us want to have children, but some of us don't. Some of us, you know, want to dedicate our life to our life's work and some of us don't, you know what I mean? And, and, And that's what makes us amazing. That's what makes us beautiful is that we can do anything and everything that we want to do. Right. Um, and I think it, it sucks that so many people feel that their life, um, almost ends after 30. Uh, it's like ridiculous to me because it's like, uh, to me, I feel like it's only just begun. Like, like whenever people say that to me, I'm just like, but when are you planning on dying? I'm confused. Like, were you going to die at 40? Why you feel like (laughs) in in your twenties, life is over. Like you have no, I, I, I have achieved quite a bit in my twenties, but I will say to you that I have not, I have learned so much about myself in the last two years. 
um, and I, I'm 30 this year, I have learned so much about myself in the last two years that I, I, I can't even imagine, like, I, like everything before that just seemed like, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's just wild to think that like, you know, you put yourself on this uh, timeline and I, and I personally think that it all, it's all a part of like the social construct of like how they get people to, you know, spend and how they get people. Like, it's just, we just have to unlearn it in my opinion. We have to unlearn it and we have to decide on what life we want because I think a lot of us are living a life that was never really ordained to be our life. So I think uh, you just have to defy that and do whatever it is that you please. In my life, 30 has been like a very heavy number because it feels like, you know, you sh- you're still young enough to be on social media and go out and party, but you're, you should be old enough to have your shit together. And in reality, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not always that way. And I think that we need to kind of shift um, the kind of expectations and standards that we hold other people to and kind of um, and that we hold ourselves to as well, because there shouldn't be this kind of cookie cutter expectation for everybody. We all have different lived experiences. And so not everybody's life is going to be the same just because you have kids by 30 doesn't mean like that's my story at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that there should be this kind of timeline where it's like, okay, you go to school, you go to college, you have a baby, you, you meet the love of your life. Like these things aren't for everyone and they don't happen. Like nothing's linear. It's not going to happen just the Mm -hmm. way that you pictured it in your mind. And for me, it kind of speaks to, um, like what's next. What if you don't have that baby by 30? What does that mean? What kind of language are you using to describe yourself, to talk about yourself? Um, are you considering yourself a failure because you didn't have X, Y, and Z? Like you shouldn't have to have these, boxes that were just ticking off like education check marriage check baby check it should kind of just be like what do I want for myself what does success look like for me what does happiness look like for me um and kind of going off that yeah Mm. um before I touch on that does anybody else would like to touch on that subject yeah, um, I'll go. I think to add to what everyone else is saying to um, a lot of times your timeline for yourself might change. Um, I never really ascribe to other people's timelines, like what they thought I should be doing by a certain point. But I did kind of have, oh, I always have a timeline for myself just because that kind of keeps me on track, whether it's like with my own goals or what I want to do. But sometimes I'll reach a certain point and it's like, oh, it's funny. You know, you said you would have X, Y, Z done by now. But I was like, you know, I don't want to have this done right now, or I don't, I no longer want this. Um, So I think sometimes on top of it being a kind of pressure, we have to remember that your wants and your needs might change and you should give yourself room to be flexible as well. And it's totally okay. Um, Don't feel like you're wishy-washy or that you can't make up your mind or you need to Mm. pick a lane, whether that's picking a career or make a decision. Um, Like for me, I move around a lot. I'm like, okay, this is the city I'm going to settle in. Like, I'm going to love this city. I'm going to thrive here. I'm going to settle down. Um, But then there comes a point where I'm like, you know what? I think I want to leave. I want to try something new. And that's totally okay. I'm pushing 30 and I'm learning that, you know, 
everyone around me is like, oh, when are you going to settle down? Are you going to finally stay in Chicago? Um, And I'm like, you never know. I might. But if I want to move back home, I might do that. If I want to move to New York City, I might do that. If I want to move to L.A., I might do that. Um, I don't chain myself to my own kind of timeline and expectations. So I think a lot of people... um, aside from like dispelling other people's timeline for you, you should give yourself freedom and space um, to kind of to switch up those timelines and don't feel that you have to, um, you know, yeah. Be a slave. Don't don't create a prison for yourself. Yeah. Don't create a prison for yourself. You gotta, and we do a lot of that. We do a lot of that kind of like just, you know, creating like these little prisons and you're like, Oh, we got to stay in here. Like, this is what I got to do. And it's just like, break yourself free, allow yourself to, have an open door so that you can say, you know what? It's not how I felt yesterday. I feel like this today. So I agree with that a hundred percent for sure. Mm. I also want to add from also a faith perspective. I think um, like I was raised Christian and I still am Christian today too, but I think just that expectation to be that like perfect, like mom, that perfect wife to like have a career by like 24 and to like get married and have kids. I think it's so debilitating sometimes where we don't realize it, but we're conditioned to do the like mundane type of life, meaning like go to college, like get a job, work there for 40 years, retire, like have your children. And I think whenever you try to like do your own thing or even just maybe not go to college and like maybe do a trade, like go into cosmetology school. I feel like it's always like looked down upon, especially within the black community, what I've experienced. And sometimes I think we don't, we as a whole don't look at like some women can't have kids. Like some women, they may want to have kids, but they can't. I think we just look at kind of like what society tells us. And like, I'm trying to like not do that. Meaning like in my career, like in my life and my friendships and like the way that I love people, I'm trying to like give them the space to like do what they want to do and like encourage them. Because I feel like so many times, even like subconsciously, we'll limit ourselves. Not, like I said, not like knowingly, but we'll, sometimes we'll just like talk ourselves out of certain things and certain spaces because we're, we're, we're taught like this isn't the right way to be. Mm. So I'm always trying to like be mindful of that and like question myself, like, okay, like, am I not because I don't want to do it or because someone tells me it's not something that I should do. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I'm just trying, I'm 24 now and I'm like excited for like to grow older, to like get wiser. Like I want children and to be married, but I think, if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have been like, I want to get married and have kids in like two years. Now I'm like, if I don't have for like 15, 20 years, like I'll be okay. Like I'm trying to like make my own path and like lead by example for like my family. Mm-hmm. But as you guys all mentioned, like it's hard. It's so hard. So I'm hearing like a common theme here, which brings me into my next topic is about family and familial influences especially when you're at that thanksgiving dinner that christmas dinner and i'm of jamaican background so you know they bold with it too you know they'll be like oh when you're gonna get your life together when are you gonna settle down when you're gonna you know get to the next level in your career and that can be such a pressure and a burden on not only like physically but mentally also to put you in a depression so for me i definitely have that um I come from a family where education was really big. You know, everyone's married. They have children. They kind of did it, quote unquote, the right way. 
Um, and I don't seem to fit into any of those boxes, but what I constantly remind myself, because a lot of times that is the pressure that gets to me. It's not necessarily my friends or society at large. A lot of times it is the, the pressure from family. But what I have to remember is that a lot of their paths weren't perfect either. Like they're my family. Like I know what they went through behind the scenes. Um, and so I have to remember, like they have these expectations for me, but it's more so just, you know, out of love, but not everything in their life life went on some linear path like they had their mistakes they had their bumps and bruises um or you know they led this linear life and now some of the the elders are looking back talking about they wish they would have done this or that differently um and so I just tried to remember like okay they can't they want what they think is the best for me but ultimately I have to do what I feel is the best for me and I really more so now that I'm older and I'm standing more so in my truth and being more confident in who I am. Just like, you know, I hear you. I understand. Um, you're coming from a place of, that's just not where I'm at right now. And if you're okay with that, I don't really mind, you know, the interrogation or the questions. Um, but I also don't let it get to me at my core just because I know, like I said before, they've, they've gone through their own things. I'm like, you, you had a chance to live your life to make your mistakes, to take the high roads and the low roads and all of that. So I'm going to make this space and not feel bad about it or doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey guys. So I just want to let you know, I found this amazing event that I'm sure you all will be interested. It is book. So every year they have this convention gathering so many amazing authors, but this year, you know, due to this pandemic, they will be going virtual and on top of that, making it free. So it has featuring so many panels of different genres. They say, join us for two days of author panels, Q and A's, trivia, quizzes, ARC giveaways, and more as we celebrate BookCon Online, streaming through our Facebook page and Facebook group. So some authors that will be there are Nick Stone, Nikki Drayden, um, Andrea Hairston, Angie Thomas, Ashia Sahid, Lamar Giles, or Jills, Kelly Young, Jenny Han, Mary Lou, David Yoon, Kat Chow, Mary H.K. Chow, which was one of the authors that we featured on the show, and more. So this will be a great time supporting our stories. And again, it is free. For more information, you can go to our website or go directly on their Instagram at BookCon. And it will be tomorrow from 11 a.m. Um, till Sunday that ends on 1.40 p.m. So remember, you want to join their Facebook page and their Facebook group. Facebook page, Facebook group, okay? BookCon. Don't forget, I can't wait to see y'all there. Yeah, okay, so my parents are pretty much ministers, right? So they're very religious and I grew up Christian also and I pretty much still 
am I, I tend to lean more onto the spiritual side and I hate that I because <laughs> I, a, a lot of people are like oh she's spiritual um, but uh, I, I say it for reasons that there's just certain things that I just could not as I grew older I just could not like no matter what I did like I could not agree with certain things mm-hmm. and um and it's hard sometimes because like, you know, they do have this idea of what is best for you and like, you know, but they are doing it out of love or how they feel that they love you. Um, you know, and maybe they, they, sometimes they look at me and they're like, okay, well, do you have to, do you have to do that? Maybe you should have done this or maybe you should have done that. But, you know, just like Samantha said, you do have to also sit, stop and say, okay, what did their life look like? Right. And like, am I going to let someone who, and let's just be clear and let's just be plain. Am I going to let someone who didn't have it all together, tell me what exactly to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are they happy with their life? Most times they're not a hundred percent happy. I'm not talking about just my parents. I'm talking about siblings. I'm talking about aunts, uncles, whoever it may be. Right. Um, a lot of the time I feel like people inflict their own, you know, insecurities and their own fears onto you. And they want you to uh, adopt those same insecurities and fear and then move through that. Um, but you kind of have to challenge that. And, and I do that daily. I challenge that with my parents. I challenge that with, you know, people who, well mainly my parents because I, I don't really give people the the even the inkling or idea that to, to think that they could you know no we're not doing that because like I'm sure of who I am um and it took me a while to get there so even with my parents like it's not even that you know I argue with them or whatever it may be sometimes I just you know understand that they're from a different time they don't think the exact same way that I think and then go from there and say, okay, you know what? I understand how you're thinking about it, but you know what? It is a little different now. This is my path. You have lived your life. I'm going to live mine. And then you just move on from there. And, and I know it's not as easy for everyone because you can't, especially now that we're all at our homes, you know, some of us who live with parents, uh, family members, whatever it may be, it's a lot, it's easier said than done because, you know, you can go into a depression if your family is not as supportive and maybe you uh, relied on that escape outside to really keep yourself balanced. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can constantly remind yourself that your path is your own and that you have every you have every right to, sorry, you have yeah. every right to uh, live your own path and, and figure yourself out, then you you should be good. You know, touching on two things that you just said, um, you brought up a good point with um, one, that their own insecurities and stuff like that can, they can talk you out of what you're trying to do. So I'm mm-hmm. a creative and usually they want stability. So you have to be like a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just go up to family and be like, I'm trying to work in the beauty industry. It's like, are you going to get a job? Are you going to be able to, you know, put aside um, financials to support mm-hmm. your lifestyle? Am I going to have to support you? But mm-hmm. I feel like you have to reach, um, you have to reach to a point where you say, you know, this is my life to live. And you just got to trust that I know what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I may, I feel like sometimes we're afraid to fail, but I feel like we should get to a place where we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then like build off of those supposed failures. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Another thing that I wanted to touch on is 
about their own lives. So I realize that some parents might tell you that you shouldn't go down this path, but they wait till they, after they have kids to live again. Like I've noticed like a pattern now more days where after everybody's gone, they're doing, they're going back to do stuff that they wish they should have done before they had kids. So are we reaching a point where we're telling where they're telling us that we have to do things by timeline to wait after we have kids to live again. So I was going to say, I think that's also why I so, so, so adamant about like wanting to like live my life now before I have kids. Cause I think, I don't know. I think sometimes kids can be burdens to a lot of people and not, I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I love kids and I want them, but I think sometimes when you'll have them when you're not ready or if you're not like stable in many different ways, like they can be a burden. I think it's sad for me when I see women who are like 40, like trying to like live their life that they should have lived in like their twenties. I think that's also why I'm a big advocate for like waiting to like get married, waiting to have kids and like living your life, and like dating your girlfriends. And I think for me, I don't want to be that person where I'm like 40, 45, trying to like relive my youth and trying to like love myself after I've like raised kids, like I don't want to be worn out. I think you've seen so many like grandmothers and even like some people's mothers who they carried their whole family on their back for so many years and like they're worn out and like, what have you done for yourself? And it's rarely anything. So I think that's why I'm such a big advocate for like women, especially black women, like just living a life that we want to live, but also just like not making those decisions, like having kids, like getting married and like being like so confined. Like, I think that's why I'm so, I like, I don't know. I just can't relate to people who are like young, who are trying to like live the life that like our parents live or like our grandparents live because I don't think they're all happy. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them, many of them weren't. Many of them weren't. Yeah. Right? Because it was kind of, you know, choices made for them, right? You know, their parents also right. said the same kind of thing. You got to, you know, you got to find a husband. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to have kids. And then, you know, one day you wake up and you're 65 and you're like, man, I really wish I, you know, saw the world. I did this. And honestly, like, um, I, I don't, I know I don't have any children, so I guess like I should probably shut up. But at the same time, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I don't want to subscribe to this idea that you can't live your life while having children. Right. You know, because if I'm going to dedicate 20 years of my life or 18 years of my life raising you, I want to be having a damn good time (laughs) because that's a lot of time to, you know, to, to just feel like I'm just giving away to someone and then and 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 like and not myself like you know what I mean yes we because you know people are always say you know having children it's a selfless act you know it's no longer about you it's all about right. the child but I feel like we need to switch that narrative also it's about us like it's about us it's about our relationship together it's about me grooming you growing you you know being here by your side while you become an adult but I'm not going to just die in that time I'm not doing that and then picking up the pieces later no like I aspire to have a life that is stable enough like you guys mentioned um that is stable enough so that I'm able to really live with my child and experience my child and 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 show them things and 
and learn with them and grow with them. And I don't want to look over the last 18 years and say, wow, like that was just your time. Now I get to get it back. I want to just be going through this and, and, and be really happy about the time that was spent, you know? Right. Because I realize certain parents, they tend to resent their kids after a while. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have had you. I've heard those statements before. I shouldn't have had you at the time that I did because like you ruined my life. Like I was having a grand old time. Your fault, sis. You went and got pregnant. (laughs) I I literally didn't ask to be here. That's what I'm saying. It's amazing to me because I feel like a lot of like being like a uh, Jamaican background, mm-hmm. I find that Jamaican, and I always say this to my cousins, I feel like Jamaican people treat their children like, like, um, like burdens, like in the sense of like, they treat their children like, like their children came and knocked upon the womb and said, Hey, do you mind bringing me here? Like, <laughs> you know, like it's almost like it's our fault that we're here. It's like, no right. ma'am, it's you. It was all you and your man, like, you know? Um, and here we are, you know, and, and it sounds kind of disrespectful, but at the same time, it's, it's not because if you just say it plain, it's just like, why are you so upset that I'm here? And why are you constantly reminding me or like, you know, that like, you know, oh, we're so this, we're so that, we're so this, we're so that. It's just like, God, like, please, you know? So, and that's another thing that, yeah. And like, that's not what I want to do to my children either. I don't want them to feel like, you know, they're here on this borrowed time and space with you, you know, like, you know, I got to pay you back for all, for, for doing this. Like, you know, like I, I don't think it's cool at all. This brings me to this auntie and mom complex. You know how you call people who are reaching an age over 30s, like you suddenly suddenly become auntie status. (laughs) Um, why do oh we do goodness. this especially to the women of color why do we do this <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's like sometimes it's so funny to me like even sometimes like oh i'm an auntie i'm like oh i'm going to bed early i don't i don't know i don't even know where like first time was it when maxine water was on was reclaiming her time is that when we started i don't that's like where i first remember people starting to say it and then it turned into people who were like who kind of go to bed early or like do like or like the boring ones at like parties and I don't I don't know I find that like it's you know now it's like if you're 30 and over which is right. flipping crazy because if I'm by the time that I'm 50 what are you going to call me dusty like dust? <laughs> grandma like, like no grandma's gonna be 40 and and realistically like again life just started like you know what I mean like life like 40 to me is a young person (laughs) 40 is a young person to me yeah you're not in your 20s you're not fresh out the womb Mm -hmm. but you are a young person you know what I mean and like I am not subscribing to this I'm dead after 30 type lifestyle I think because there's so many children that are still washed in that same old school mentality that your 20s is like the only time of your life where you are at your best um I leave them to time though because 30 pops up real quick you know what I mean somehow one day you're 20 and then one day you're 30 you know what I mean because I was I was 19 yesterday I don't know what happened 
but it's ha- it's my 30th this year. I don't know. And I'm excited because it's like, there's levels to this. You know what I mean? There's levels. And once you get there, you're just like, wow, like, I feel like a different, like, who could ever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what to me 30 feels like. And it's crazy that like, hey, that's why I don't really, I don't, I, I don't really pay attention to it because I know that it's, I, I know there's children doing it. I know that it is children doing it because anybody who gets to once 26 knocks on your door, 27 knocks on your door, something mm-hmm. in your mind changes and you start to realize, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> so you mean to tell me 30s right here. I'm still in my twenties. I don't feel any different. I feel like I just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't really listen to it. And like, I, like I, what I think is appropriate because basically people are saying that it is like a respect thing. It's a yeah. respect thing. Um, but some people are insulting with it because they know that it, you know, women and we always have to, you know, with this age thing, men don't have it, but we do, you know, this age type thing. So, um, but I feel like people like Oprah, okay, you can call Oprah auntie. You know what I mean? You can call Oprah. Oprah's been here for a minute. Oprah's <laughs> been, you know, Oprah's You're been doing, doing thing, her yeah. thing. You know what I mean? You, she deserves all the respect. You're not going to call her. Maybe it's rude to call her Oprah. Maybe you do have to put an auntie in front of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> to be calling people like Gabrielle Union auntie, uh, no. calling people like and Gabrielle Union's in her 40s and I still don't think it's appropriate to call someone like that auntie it's not appropriate to call Rihanna auntie it's not Rihanna is like what Rihanna is a 33 year old woman this year she's a 33 year old woman so and that puts and and that's why I always use Rihanna when explaining to people because it puts it into perspective because a lot of people think of Rihanna right. as like oh Rie it's Rie like it's Rihanna it's Rie, like she, yeah. she stays young forever right like she's like nobody and whenever I say Rihanna is in her thirties people are like no she's not I'm like Rihanna is in her thirties <laughs> Rihanna's in her thirties Beyonce's in her thirties and Beyonce even older than Rihanna you know what I mean and. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicki Minaj, all these people. Nicki Minaj, you can call her 40 at this point if she's not already. Like, you know what I mean? Nicki Minaj, what, 37, 38? What? Like, and people don't think and realize, like, these are the people that you look up to, that you look, you know what I mean? And you're thinking, oh, and a lot of these kids are like, oh, what, they're in their 20s forever? No, 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 no. These girls that you look up to have been in the game and they're in their 30s and they're young, fresh, and they are new. (laughs) Period. 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 Uh, I mean, when you put it to like that way, I I don't know because I've even noticed like people. Oh, they have the caption. She doesn't look a day over twenty. It's like the emphasis on age. <laughs> women. She could be thirty. It's like, oh my gosh, she don't even look that old. Like, what is thirty supposed to look like? Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. People are just a mess in their minds, and then our, our timelines are are all screwed up in our head successful is what you make it you know I I I don't know what success like looks like for anybody um and I think that we should all be trying to define what that looks like for ourselves and striving for whatever that is and in the best way we know how and you know uplifting other women while we're doing it um Mm -hmm. so if that means having you know if you're you aspire to be married and have kids I think that you should go and do that and um 
if you're passionate about building a brand or, um, you know, being famous or whatever it is, that's the path that you should go down. And um, like we were talking about earlier, it shouldn't be this thing where um, we're taking on the fears and insecurities of like other people. It should I think that there's always something to be learned from other people's experiences, but also knowing that that's not necessarily you. People are speaking from their lived experience and what they've been through. Um, and that's not necessarily going to be your path. So um, just living, learning and healing as you grow and you know, making sure that whatever it is that you do in life, you're doing it for yourself. Because there's a lot of things that I've done that I was just like, I well, I thought that was what comes next. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. Right. Um, instead of being like, this is what I want. This is what I see for myself. And I think that also kind of comes with age. Like, I uh, speaking to the conversation where people think that, um, like, 30s old, I'm like, it's not. Like I'm, <laughs> not at all. I, I'm like 28 right now, and it's just like I, I'm I'm still young. I still I I could be on TikTok and whatever else y'all young people are doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, sure. I think for me, the definition what I consider my own personal success is always changing. Um, but I always try to remember to step out of myself. And to give other people opportunities um, that either I think will help make them successful or that they've asked me for. Um, A lot of times the opportunities that I've gotten have been from women just merely like speaking my name in a room where they thought I might be a good fit or they might forward me something like, oh, hey, I thought you might be interested in this. Um, And I've started to do the same for others. And, you know, they might take the opportunity. They might not. But for me, it's just remembering to leave the door open for my sister beside me. Now, whether she wants to walk through it or not, you know, that's up to her. And it's not for me to say, like, you know, I can say, hey, I think you should do this. or I think this would be great for you. But I don't necessarily apply that pressure. But I just want the opportunity to be there. And so I try to navigate spaces by like leaving doors open for people whenever I can. Um, and hopefully they do the same for me because if that's the small part I can have in helping you be successful or helping you reach your own definition of success, um, then I feel good about that. And that's how I want others to approach it for me. So I can I can make those own decisions, but also have the resources um, at my disposal. And everything that everybody said. And also I think that, um, you know, not being afraid to create your own lane um, is like one of the biggest things for me. Um, a lot of the time, I think that we feel like we don't have, we're like we're powerless almost, or like we have to wait until something falls into our lap or, you know, someone, you know, offers something to us or, you know, um, you know, the job calls us or whatever it may be. And we don't think past that bar um, and past that bar is, oh, well, what if I created this myself? What if I did something that would put myself into the position to win, but also open doors for people who look like me, who don't look like me, whatever it may be, right? So um, I, I really want to encourage women and especially Black women more and more. And I don't think we actually even have trouble with that because I think we, um, by default, have to create a lot of our own opportunities because we're not given opportunities as equally as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to continue to encourage that type of energy um, and remind women and Black women and uh, people of color uh, that we have a lot of power to create our 
own buzz. You know, we can hire our own people. We can hire ourselves. We can, we can, you know, start that company. We can build that business. We can have it be successful. We can hire people. We can have it all. We really, really can. And that idea that we have to be below someone, um, or we can only get to a certain point is actually completely dead. Like it is, it has never been a better time, um, to create your own lane. I have nothing else to add. I just wanted to say that I love all of what you all said. And I agree. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Aza. (laughs) Sharing what your lanes are so people can support you. How can they support you? Uh, for me personally, uh, you can follow me at flaws of couture on Instagram. Um, you can follow me on YouTube. I am Toronto's fluffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, on TikTok, uh, <laughs> with the kids, um, all under Flaws of Couture. Uh, pretty much you can follow me at Flaws of Couture for everything, except for YouTube. On YouTube, you'll find me as Toronto Fluffy. And if you're interested in New Ave Nails or Levels to This, which is um, a platform that I have now, you, but you can find it all through Flaws of Couture. I'm telling you, follow me on Flaws of Couture. Everything will be there. <laughs> okay. Um, Aja? Okay, I am just on Instagram. Um, and, well, and Facebook. But I don't think anyone really uses Facebook anymore. But I am Aja Renee. And, <laughs> and that's it. And then also, t- my Twitter is... It's a little bad Trini A Ray, but don't follow me on there. <laughs> so. Little bad Trini. That's more of like, you know, like, like yeah. Twitter is Twitter. Twitter is Twitter. I'm not Twitter Twitter. at all. So when I made the Twitter, like, I don't really use it, but I'm not Trinidadian. I'm actually like Jamaican. And I didn't realize when Nicki Minaj was saying that, she didn't like. So it's just like a funny story, but I'm on Instagram. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh, Sapita. Um, I'm not gonna drop my Twitter, but I'll just say I be on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and oh. I live, okay? Because <laughs> Black Twitter be popping, right? <laughs> um, so you can find me. Um, I'm Toxic AF Pod on Instagram. Um, I'm wherever you can find podcasts. So if you're interested in conversations about like healing and growth and like all the toxic stuff that we go through on an everyday basis. Um, mm-hmm. Find me. Wonderful. Awesome. Samantha? Yeah, so I'm on every platform as on your calendar. Play on my last name, calendar, C-A-L-L-E-N-D-E-R. And I'm really active on social media, mainly just because that's how I got a lot of my writing gigs, Um, kind of piggybacking off of that support topic from before. Like most of my gigs that I got were from me supporting you know, young writers on Twitter and Instagram. And as they moved up in the ranks for themselves, they thought of me to reach back and come and grab me like, oh, hey, I'm an editor here now. Like, I would love to have you on my team. Um, So I think like using social media is great for your brand and also supporting people on social media, even before they're popping, quote unquote. Because if they will remember you and they will appreciate that support. So, yeah. 
Thank you guys so much for contributing to the conversation. You gave a lot of insight to me as a 20-year-old. So um, this was an important topic. Um, Thank you. Thanks for chatting with me today. I do enjoy our talks. If you liked or didn't like what you heard, I would like to hear from you. So submit a rating and a review. If you want to talk, share a book, or a PSA, email me at theconcretediaries at gmail.com or the gram at theconcretediaries. Look, I'm proud of you for making it this far, and I know you'll make the distance. Remember, we aren't given what we can't handle. So keep reading and keep blooming from the concrete. I'll see you in the next one.